someone just fart? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like a shirt. No, that was me clearing my throat. <laughs> wow. Anyway. That was super loud. Yeah. Hope that Bloody Mary is treating you right. It's not treating me right, but Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Took the life of another man. Now is my soul to be condemned. I trouble sleeping at night. I just sleep when you're under the light and a clock in the whole damn room. County jail in the middle of June. Alright. Welcome to Take This Cup. We're just a trio of bad Catholics with good intentions. We're borderline heretic, unapologetically different. But we've been best friends since childhood, so join us for some drunken banter, maybe some faithful conversation. But overall, we just really believe that our drunken truths are spiritual words or something like that. What are y'all drinking today? All right. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, go, Matt, go. Okay, so I uh, went to a bring-your-own-beer restaurant this weekend. Which I didn't know was bring your own beer until I got there. And so I walked over to the nearby grocery store. And they didn't have a pick your own, like a pick six craft beer. So I ended up picking from their, I guess their cans. Tall boys, 22 ounces, 25. Anyway, so we had a leftover one, which is a Bud Light Chilada. I'm not sure if anyone is familiar with that. but Not familiar. It's... It's like a beer plus this thing called Clamato, which is like a tomato-based drink. Clamidia? I guess. Like a Bloody Mary? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, it's Bud Light Chelada. C-H-E-L-A-D-A. It's a 25-ounce can. Let's try it out. Here's the ASMR. Whoa. Oh, nice pour. <laughs> All right. So, sounds like you're peeing a little bit, but uh, sounds disgusting, to be honest. But that's like pretty popular, right? Like beer and Bloody Mary. Like instead of vodka, people do like a beer Bloody Mary, which I've heard of. So That's the first time I heard it. Sounds interesting. I got some friends from Minnesota who do that. Trying to do the ASMR pour is not pretty. <laughs> you got that? You got that? Uh, foam spill all over yourself. Yeah, my desk is really messy. Down. Is it red? Is it like <laughs> tomato looking? Um, I would say it looks more like pink lemonade. Hmm. Like it's like kind of bubbly, a little translucent, but it's not Bloody Mary thickness. Hmm. So, well, anyway, that's good. here we go for the taste. Wow, that is super weird. Wow. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's like a. It's like a thin tomato juice plus beer. Wow. I'm going to have a hard time tonight. Some people really like that. I know there's a term for it in Minnesota. Like you get a Bloody Mary and then towards the end of your Bloody Mary, you get like a low ball kind of cup of beer, like whatever's the house rail beer or whatever. And they mix it together. Wow. I think it's a Midwestern thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely along those lines. I mean, I like Bloody Marys and I think I could get used to this. But it just doesn't look like it's going to be a savory-ish drink. That sucks. I got it. For the Lord. For the Lord. Take take your <laughs> cup, man. Take your cup. I'll go ahead, Joe, and you can close this out. I'm actually 
drinking a cup of coffee because this is usually my bedtime and I need to stay awake. Um, I'm drinking a pretty sweet cup from a, a roaster out in Annapolis, Maryland called Ceremony Coffee Roasters. It's from a very tiny country in Africa called Rwanda. Um, it's really good. I've brewed it pretty well. I've honed in on my recipe and I am drinking this like juice. So I'm going to be wired this uh conversation for sure. Since you're like the coffee connoisseur, can you really tell the difference from like different countries, like the different coffee tastes? Yeah, I probably could. Um, I think like distinct flavors of coffee, not like two cups that are both technically fruity or whatever. I think I could tell the difference between one that's like chocolatey and one that's fruity. Oh, nice. But not two that are chocolatey. We'll have to test that out on the show sometime. And is that really just because where they're made or just the type of brew or type of farming? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of variables, but I think, yeah, it's just like kind of like wine, like, you know, terroir, terroir. What's the term, Matt? Yeah, terroir, yeah, terroir. Your soul, your soil and your, um, yeah, your soul, bro. Your the, What you put into it definitely adjusts the taste and that's like dependent on where you are and stuff. But yeah, it's like variety of bean junk like that nice well while you are um shouting out to the local coffee company i'm with the still lover commercial starbucks shout out i'm just drinking the uh matcha green tea frappuccino surprisingly i feel like starbucks is the only place that really has that kind of stuff or at least like a matcha kind of drink whether it's hot or cold i don't normally see any other coffee shops offer like a matcha green tea anything yeah i don't think the smaller boutique ones do unless they're like kind of asian influenced yeah i would think Mm matcha is like a very new alternative to coffee still um Hmm. but yeah yeah because it is like caffeinated definitely and like it does keep you awake yeah and and i think true matcha is pretty expensive if you're just a boutique shop true like you can also get like baking matcha um, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm. And I think that's what most shops end up using because it's sufficient. Baking matcha? Yeah. What's like the difference between that and like a Japanese like matcha? I don't know. Probably like a concentration per gram. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought Kinda of that. Kind of like yeah. weed. No, I was thinking more <laughs> of the harder stuff. <laughs> True. <laughs> I know you're into that. Yeah, that cocaine, bro. Shout out Colombia. Yeah, you got a pharmacist on you, don't you? <laughs> anyway, um, since we're deep into this conversation, let's jump to the real stuff. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a basketball tournament and um, it was on a Sunday. And I was like, oh, damn, I got to like schedule mass. So I was like, oh, I guess I got to go on Saturday. And then I realized I already like told my friends that I was going to go hang out with them Saturday. And it was like during mass time. And so I had this like moral dilemma of like, do I flake on my friends or do I go to mass and then go to basketball? Or do I, you know, maybe be late to basketball, find a mass around there. And there was just like this whole busyness of like trying to work it into my day. So yeah, I just wanted your take on like, how do you balance that? I found it very difficult to tell my friends on Saturday, be like, hey, look, I can't go. I already committed to this thing on Sunday and I need to make time to go to mass. And it kind of sucked, right? Because I let them down because I already committed to it. And so how do you balance that? I know mass should be first, but like, have you ever skipped mass? Because I've definitely skipped mass. Like I've gone camping some weekends and been like, oh, hey guys, um, 
I usually go to mass at this time, but I'm here for you. So there has been days where I've accidentally skipped mass or like I forget what day it was. And so I was like, oh, shoot, it was Sunday when I was living in Alabama. The latest mass for me was like 9 p.m. And that was a convenient thing because like I could still spend my day either doing homework or like spending time with friends, kind of relaxing the Sunday and then end my day with mass. There's one day where they called off the 9 p.m. because it was like Easter. So they didn't want like a night mass. And so I had completely forgotten. And so (laughs) I went to the church at 9 p.m. that day and it was like completely empty. So there was like an Easter where I completely just didn't even go to mass. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. missed the Easter mass. Yeah, which is pretty bad. Yeah, that's bad because even the unholy Catholics are like only doing Christmas and Easter. <laughs> I know, they do like the holiday masses. So yeah, that was that was a pretty bad one. But you live and you learn. <laughs> you think that's what God said to you? <laughs> Got him. I mean, it's definitely something worth going to confession for. Oh, for sure. That's a mortal sin. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. I don't Matt, do you have like insight on the whole missing mass thing? Cuz I have like a simpler example that's not really mortal sin, but I mean, I think like yes, what you did was wrong. I mean, you just stated things that you could either move around or push off. Like it's either basketball or hanging out with friends and those both sound like things that can occur at other times. All his life, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, then then put your friends away, right? Which is what I did. I'm not saying that I didn't. I had the dilemma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I grew up with the extreme, right? Where like Tita Joy Shout out. said, mass is at 10. It never moves. Mass is the priority and we don't move for God. I just think that's the extreme. I, I would not do that in my own household. But I do think it is that important. And of course, there are going to be extenuating circumstances when you can't make it. Like there are some trips that we've done with friends where I didn't have access to a car. So I just couldn't make it, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. Or alternatively, if I'm on a trip with friends, I'll get up and do the 7 a.m. mass and, you know, do it while everyone else is asleep. Yeah. A little tough on the body coming in from going out at 2 a.m., but that's the toll it takes. Or alternatively, you could be like Kobe and just be like, sure, I'll, I'll go out, but everyone goes to Mass. Not that he know. did that. Yeah. <laughs> Not that he did that. Not that he did that. But the younger guys were like, Kobe, why don't you ever go out with us? And he's like, all right, I'll go out with you, but everyone goes to the morning workout with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So he goes out, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., he's up at 4, waking everybody up, and so… Kind of the same thing. But and I've done like, that. I've, that's I've like a hard that thing to like tell your friends to do if you're the only Catholic one. Oh, too, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's an extreme, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and that's kind of like, I, if, even if they were the Catholics, it's also like the vibe like, ugh, like this guy is making us all go to mass. Yeah. So I can definitely feel that tension. I want to call out my boys at Focus. I love them to death. They're, they're, I talk to a lot of them now. But on their application, they actually ask, like, how many times did you miss Sunday Mass in the last year? And give a reason for each time you missed Mass. Oh, dang. Yeah, man. It was it was tough. Like, it really called me out. And I, it's not like I was justifying missing Mass, but I had to, like, really reflect on why I was missing it and things like that. I didn't have a lot, by the way. Just saying. Not that anyone's counting. But I think, like, an easier example for me is, like, praying before meals, even. I eat lunch with my workmates, and I work in, like, a— technically a catholic organization but some of them aren't catholic so they don't pray and i don't technically like you know stop 
make the sign of the cross and say my blessing. But I do look at, you know, I look at my food and maybe not in the moment, maybe it's after or whatever, but I've always felt thankful and like felt graced to have food every time it's in front of me. And that's just me and my relationship with food. But like, I think that's a simpler example, right? Like when can you skip tradition or practice for like, you know, just to kind of keep things flowing or whatever, you know? I mean, how important is it for you to physically do the sign of the cross or look like you're in prayer? Because like sometimes it is a little weird, I guess, when you're like in the middle of a bunch of people and everyone's having conversations and you're just like, oh, okay, hold on, guys. I got to pray in front of you guys, right? So I end up kind of doing the same thing where it's just like, I'll look at my food and pray to myself and bless the food, but it's just like internal, you know? Yeah, I think it's cool that you ask like, how important is it to you? Because honestly, I would say it's not that important. Like mm-hmm. it's important to be thankful for your food. Yeah. But it's not important to like stop everything and ask it to be blessed. Right. But maybe the question is like, how important is it to our faith or like to God to know that, you know, you're thankful or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I think right now we're doing like a spirit of the law and letter of the law. So Like for me, what's interesting is I actually enjoy stopping the conversation and praying because like to me, it's like a little subtweet like, hey, I'm Catholic, bro. It's like kind of like, oh, like like imagine if I had a Jesus tattoo, but Mm. it's like on my thigh and you can only see it if I'm like playing basketball or something. Okay. Like and then they're like, oh, dang, he's Catholic. You know, he's low-key Catholic and that's really my target, right? (laughs) The low-key Catholic Uh. vibe. And so, but I think what's worth noting is now that you guys are talking about like sitting there and actually being thankful, I would say that I really only think about that like half the time. Hmm. Like, like I just do it. Like the prayer is just routine. Yeah, it's like a routine almost. And it's almost like, hey, I'm Catholic. Here's a little poke. Here's a little Uh, reminder. Gotcha. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I think on that side, like that's where my fault is. Huh. So like, it's almost as if in both cases, like it doesn't matter what you do. It's what's at the heart of it or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I think in, in my case, like I, I, I could, you know, I am praying over my food, but I'm too proud, I guess, to like say that, yeah, I am. This is my faith and I'm going to make right. it part of my right. day. Gotcha. And then on my part is like, you know, am I really appreciating what's been given to me? Yeah. And with me too, like, at least whenever I think of it or justify like not being outwardly Catholic about it, I always think of that one story or whatever in the Bible where God is just like saying, or I forget if it was God or Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) God the Father or God the Son. But... (laughs) You're right. Just, yeah, okay. Just I get saying you. like praying in silence or like privately is more important than like praying in front of like the people just so that the people see you pray. Pretty sure okay, this yeah, is yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, the whole high priest thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it sounds yeah. new school for sure. Yeah. Definitely like this is not school. old testament, that's for sure. Is there a middle ground then? Like how do we be proud of our traditions but also understand there is a mode of operating in the world that we need to adjust to or do we need to adjust to? Yeah, I think so. So 
in heroic leadership, isn't that what they talk about? Where it's like you adjust to the cultures of the world mm-hmm. while keeping like the foundation of Catholicism. So how do you deal with the idea that Catholicism is countercultural? You know, like Jesus was counterculture, you know? But then did he adjust by becoming human? Like where was his adjustment in getting to us? I mean, I think his adjustment was really targeting the people who aren't like high and mighty. And I mean, he ate with the sinners and the people who weren't really considered the top tier of spirituality. I think that's like the counterculture part because that wasn't cool to do back in the day. Like imagine if you had lunch with homeless people every day at work, like oh, I'm, you know, I'm going outside, hang out with the homeless people. Like that's countercultural, I think. Mm-hmm. But we're adjusting to like kind of societal norms, but also keeping up with who we are as faithful people. Yeah, I mean, I think unlike the, I guess, procedure stuff, you know, Praying during meals, I think, is something that not a lot of people who practice the faith do anymore, especially in a social setting. So I think that's countercultural in the sense of like cultural norms. Mm -hmm. But I think from like a moral and virtue standpoint, I guess one of the aspects would be voting. I mean, not to get political, but it's just like whether or not you outwardly express what you're against or what you're for. True. It's like just the act of voting for along the lines of your beliefs would be countercultural. That's true. So like applying your faith to whatever like the right. like, like voting and like yeah, like let's say you you are going to vote against abortion no matter who the candidate is. Mm. That would be countercultural in the sense that Catholicism is countercultural. Okay, I think I get that. That's definitely a conversation that we can have as a whole episode yeah, yeah, yeah. for we'll, sure with the election yeah, coming yeah. We'll, up. We'll wait until I get my citizenship. I got my biometrics next oh, week. I'm down tight. So yeah, Lock, that's locked in. If they got your data, okay. Yeah. Dang. If our candidate wins by one vote, it might yeah, be. Yeah, dude. And then I'm gonna run for it. Oh, I'm down. I probably wouldn't vote for you. That's okay. <laughs> that's that's okay. That's because I'm being so countercultural. You can't even vote for me. I'm counter the countercultural. <laughs> we definitely have to take this podcast off air. <laughs> or this would be my podium. This would be where I would speak oh. from. Okay. Huh. Fireside <laughs> chats with Jan. The real Jan Matthew here on Take This Cup. Saint, sinner, take this cupper. So, Matt, Jan, I have a question for you. When you are praying before meals, like, oh, yeah, it's like a subtweet at people, but. When you mentioned also like, I don't know, it's just a way to be countercultural and that's just Catholic in its nature. Do you think that's also like, my thought was, whoa, what if like by being countercultural, by being a witness to the faith, like what if somebody in that room was like, oh, maybe I should pray too. Have you ever thought like that as a motive to like outwardly pray? Yeah, I mean, that wasn't my motive, but that's definitely happened where it's like non-practicing Catholics are like, yo, can you like, can you tell me next time so I can pray with you? And Oh, wow. Or like they'll be sitting across from me, like not literally at the table across from me, but like far away in the room. And he'll be like, you got me, right? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Bless us, oh Lord. So yeah, it's definitely happened. Which is still cool, Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I find myself in that case of that other person who doesn't really pray before meals. And then when I see someone else pray, I almost feel like a sense of guilt. Like, oh, dang, I should stop and pray. And that I think that happens a lot at like 
retreat, like after, like especially the Sunday after retreat, everyone's like high on the Lord. And then you go out to dinner, have some beers and you have to pray with the food. And it's like, ah, oh, man, you know, like why stop the flow? But maybe it's part of the flow to pray. Um, but I do feel a little guilty when someone else prays and I'm not, you know, stopping. Do you think they feel that way? Or like, do they feel like just called to pray I think with you? part of it is guilt, but guilt is not necessarily a bad thing. True. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I find it more like, a pleasantry than more of a guilt because it's like, all right, cool. I'll pray with you then. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the alternative is being like, yo, man, you forgot to pray. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. That's not like you're calling anyone out. Yeah. I think the way it's been described to me at certain points is like those feelings are neither good nor bad. They're they're supposed to drive you to the right mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. So like a feeling of guilt should should be a driver to your response, which would hopefully be prayer or connection with God. So yeah, that makes sense that guilt can be a good thing when it leads to the right things. Well, it is very clear to me that I am still the least holy of this group. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) I honestly, dude, I feel like I'm like the devil of this group. I always bring up like the counter argument and like, I'm, I feel like I'm the one who's like instigating. All right. Next time, next episode, we'll do no prep for you. Me and Joe will find something where we're just the bad people. Well, I also (laughs) have this complex where I don't, like, I am afraid of like coming off as holier than people. Like I'm already at a place where like, so this is me being vulnerable. Like I'm already pretty different from a lot of our group of people. And like, I always try to fit in. So I always try to come off as like lowly to be a part of the masa, you know? It's an interesting dynamic. Cause like, I think that's like God coming down to earth. Although he didn't become less holy. Like it's really like this literally down to earth. Like I'm, I, I get you bro. Like I'm with you in the trenches and I want to be there, but I also want to be like the dude who is a beacon for others. But like, how do you do that without first being in the trenches well how do you do that if you are in the trenches too right yeah exactly yeah i mean i think a big part of it is just like leading by example as opposed of like just talking about it you know don't talk about it be about it yeah yeah like i'm i feel like there's subtle ways of just showing people like not necessarily like a catholic way but just like a way that your morals are really influencing you without you saying that you're Catholic or something like that. You know what I mean? Does that mean there's a space? Like if I'm sure in my, in my values and in my practices, like it is okay to be holier than like to at least not necessarily have that mindset, but like to, to be more in practice and than someone else. And it's okay to, be on that level if they're and not. It's okay to admit small wins. I mean, I think it's also okay to like hide it away too. I mean, just to like be more in relativity to your peers or the people around you. Because mm. I think if if you're able to like influence them without trying to push your faith on them, I'm sure like they'll wonder why, oh, why is this dude so like awesome? You know what I mean? Like they'll probably want to know more about you. I get that a lot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tooting your own horn? No, for real. So there's like one time we were super like in the weeds at work when I was running the coffee shop. And like I was just, you know, my joyous, happy go lucky self. And then after it slowed down, after literally like hours, homegirl goes like, dude, why are you so like 
chill and happy about everything. And I was, and I had to stop and I was like, shit, I don't know. Like, I'm just like very at peace with my life, you know? And I think that was like a good example of like seeking and like understanding that peace. And I, and I think like something I'm learning too is like in that prayer, like litany of humility, like it ends by saying like that I be as holy as I'm supposed to be. So there's no idea of like who's holier than others, who has more points. It's like everyone is called to their own holiness. Yeah. And the practices just help, but they don't count towards your score. Yeah. Yes. Cool. I feel a little refreshed now. I don't feel as hellish. Thank you guys. <laughs> as hellish. <laughs> Hellboy. Anyone still got some out like drinks oh, on dude, them? This thing is terrible, bro. I am not gonna finish this. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna finish this glass, but I'm not gonna drink all 25 ounces. This is just this is weird, man. Like I like Bloody Mary's, but this is too herby. It's like someone just left some tomatoes in water plus herbs. Oof. Oh, that's gross. So no sponsorship for us. No, not from Chilada, at least. Bud Light, um, I'd be okay with that. I'll take that as a small win. Bud Light or Miller Light? Oh. If you had to pick. Ooh. Uh, I think I'll go with Bud Light. Ooh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Only because I can remember the taste more distinctly than Miller. I feel like I've, Tough. I'm, I would probably go with the Miller Light. I feel like it has more of a taste than like a watered-down piss taste. But <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. I feel like a Miller Light has a little more like flavor. Like I don't know. I, I don't think it. you're remembering it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like you can remember the light piss. Okay. The Miller, I don't know. All right. Well, cheers to All that. Right. I don't want to talk about beer and piss. All anymore. right. Well, I think that's it for today. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So thanks for. Praying with me, I guess. This is my prayer sometimes. Yeah, just I mean, you, know. you, oh, need nice. it. you need it, unholiest one. <laughs> oh, thanks, bro. Yeah, you thanks. devil advocate. <laughs> Cheers. Right, Cheers to my unholiness. <laughs> Cheers. Bottoms up. Down the jail in the middle of June.